Welcome to The Growing Band Director, the podcast that dives into topics applying to all of us band directors. My name is Kyle Smith, and joining me is my friend and colleague, Jeff Smith. Together, we discuss many aspects of the school band program, including how to build your concert, jazz, and marching programs, as well as everything else we do as band directors. More importantly, we'll discuss concepts that help us all improve our own programs every day. Always remember the famous quote by Ray Kroc, when you're green, you're growing, and when you're ripe, you rot. Let's get started. So I was, I was meeting with a student after school today, Jeff, to work on snare drum stuff for the parade. Um, she, I think you know who she is. She played bass drum for us in the past, and she's marching snare now, and she's an eighth grader. And because our middle school isn't able to march in the parade this year, because we're still coming back from COVID and the skill level and all that, she wanted to march with the high school. So I gave her the, the snare music and, you know, there's the 16 bar cadence, which is the trickiest part. And then the piece that we have to learn that backs up the band. So I set up a lesson and I got over there at 2:45. I mean, I just got back from here and she's wicked bright as you know. Right. And um, I came in thinking I was going to have to like do all these things. And she had the music printed out, which was great. And I said, have you had a chance to look at it? And she's like, I have, I've memorized the very beginning and by that, she tend, she then proceeded to play the entire 16-bar cadence, which a lot of kids at high school need a hard time to learn, let alone memorize. And she played it all for me perfectly. And I was like, okay, well, that's the hard part. <laughs> and then she just she just did it. And I was like, okay, so now let's here's how the cadence goes into the song with the tap off and then the tap back and, and all that. But it was she just like floored me. Yeah. Well, she's an example of a great motivated child you know she didn't have a cell phone in, at band camp and she was um because we were using udb for coordinates and she learned all her dots and i'd sit there and say well how do you remember them she said well they're up here I, and she's so she was so motivated that i don't think we ever corrected her on a dot or how to get there or her, how to move away from it she just came out of nowhere and she was just a charm and that shows how motivation can just bring a kid all the way through to where you want them to be. And look at this, she's in middle school and she's still beyond motivated, which is excellent. Yeah, it's it's crazy because so often we have students who are, you know, less than motivated and that can really drag us down. But then when you come across a kid like that, you know, they're really a pleasure to teach and and all that. And so I just wanted to share that story. Yeah, and we, we as directors have a job of trying to take those that are less than less than motivated and make them motivated in any way, shape or form we can find. And then also try to motivate those kids who are already motivated at the high level. Right. It, it's a, it's a, it's a paradox of levels. You've got the highly motivated that if you wink at them, they're going to do it right. And you got the other child that you're just trying to drag along to get them motivated. And then you got the median kid and you have to keep everybody involved and everybody participating all the time and walking away from any rehearsal saying, I got something out of that. I learned something today. I did something better today. I've improved myself. Yeah. And that's, we call that the bell curve, right? Teaching to them. I, I was taught teaching to the middle 80%. And I assume most people have heard of this, but you know, you have your top 10% that you can't screw up. They're just going to be great. And then the bottom 10% that no matter how good you are, they're going to struggle. And if you teach everything to that middle 80%, the best you can um, while helping all the other kids at the same time, then that's when you can have a program that sustains and thrives. And that's where you're sort of lucky because with the people you have on staff, when we get out there for the children that are having difficulty, severe difficulty, you're able to say, okay, would you go take care of so-and-so and help so-and-so through this? 
yeah. to bring them up as high as they can go. And uh, some of your kids, I've uh, been totally impressed with that they've come from where they you weren't sure they were going to make it through the band camp. And by their fourth year in high school, they're just charging through, doing a great job. Yeah. So motivating teenagers is a, a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Being inspired, uh, inspiring them. And it's really, really tricky because some days it's hard. And But being able to read the teenager, um, whatever level you end up teaching, whether it be elementary school or middle school or high school, you know, knowing the kids really well and knowing what makes them tick. You know, I say some things in rehearsal that I feel like if people came and watched me who weren't experienced teachers, they'd think I was dumb. I think I was silly. Right. But you almost, you really have to bring yourself to whatever the level of the kid is. And then, uh, so they can, uh, you can approach them and then you continue to, to help them grow and motivate them. And I think those teachers who can motivate students who are all state levels or all national levels, but then also motivate the kids who are brand new all at the same time, that's a real gift. Yes. And the, the collective body is the most uh, trying to bring it together into one unified group that can move forward is really a, a talent and a, a skill that takes a lot of nurturing to get them there. So, Because we'll, we're very different from an athletic team where the coach will say, okay, well, this is the first string, this is the second string, third string. Our string goes from one to a million and, and whatever, all the strings participate. They don't sit on the sideline and do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the ways I find to motivate kids is I have all these great quotes that are in my band room. And I know most band directors have that, but my biggest inspiration quote in for it, my biggest inspiration as a teacher has been John Wooden and um, people who have not heard of John Wooden um, really should check him out. He passed away. You know, I probably should have looked this up about 10 years ago and he was almost a hundred at the time. You know, I don't think he's coached anything since what the early seventies. 1975. 1975. Okay. Um, but so for those people who don't know John Wooden, he was the, um, as an English teacher and grew up uh, in the Midwest, I believe. Um, and then, but was famous for being the, the coach of the UCLA Bruins. Uh, and they won all the national championships and are still widely considered maybe the best college sports program ever. Um, and he's this very meek looking and sounding person who is just very God fearing and um, just worked really hard and believed in, in getting the details right and, and, and all that. And he has written many books, you know, a lot of his, a lot of his, um, what do you call it? His students have gone on to do great things in all the world, not just in basketball, but, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton were two of the most famous players that he was able to teach. Um, and they always spoke his praises and, there's a book out there by Steve Jamison, I believe, and by him, I forget exactly if they co-wrote, but it's just titled Wooden, his last name, W-O-O-D-E-N. And um, that is the best thing. I've given it to drum majors or potential student teachers or, or other teachers. That's the easiest read ever because it's not a thing about music, but it's all about just leading other people and being the best human you can and the best leader you can. Um, so I took all these quotes that I love from that book, put them up, you know, one quote per page, and I just mix them around and put them in different places in the band room and move them and, and all that. And if it, if it affects a kid, you know, then that's worth it to me. Um, the, the great thing about it um, is I did put these in the show links. If you check out the website or click on the links below, um, you should be able to click these. So you can take these and print them off and use them in your band room as well already formatted for eight and a half by 11. 
Um, and then the the links are also the um, the quotes we're going to talk about today are also in um, in just a document as one liners as well. So to me, I check out one a day, and it and it helps me. It's the gift that keeps on giving, as our friend Mister Lazat would say. Um, so we've got a ton of these quotes. I'm not sure how many we're going to get to or not, but to me, they're just they're amazing. We're ready to dive in, Jeff. Well, I also I took. Since I was teaching in 1975, <laughs> the uh, a lot of the quotes that I got from my kids came from uh, George Parks and Tommy Hannum at University of Massachusetts, and when they were also in uh, drum corps during the Red and Buccaneers and stuff like that. And I'd hear them say these quotes, and we used to chant them in the evenings at the end of rehearsals, so the kids would remember them and uh, make them part of their lives for for everything for whatever they do and. Uh, to this day, I have some older kids that'll write me back. You remember this one? I said, I remember that one. Yeah. And uh, they're not music teachers. Not, they're just great people, learned good things and moved forward with them. Yeah, um, because I believe one of these quotes, you, you, I mean, it's going to be in here, but um, every everybody has potential for greatness. It's mm-hmm. the leader's job to help that person reach it. And their greatness is not going to necessarily be a, as a musician, but greatness is a person and music is just our vehicle to do that. So, um, Jeff, you're a great example of the first one here. Um, I've always tried anybody I get to work with. I try to find the best person I can find, period. And many times I've had people who I feel are overqualified for their position. Um, but the first quote goes like this. Surround yourself with people strong enough to change your mind. I love that one. You know, people who just who can change your mind. So surround yourself with people strong enough to change your mind. Well, I got to tell you that that's true. When I was in college back in the sixties and seventies, we were, we were taught that marching band and drum corps were evil and they weren't good things to do. And they would destroy kids. But I let people that I knew like Ray Fallon uh, teach me that it's not evil. It's the way you teach it. And, uh, keeping your mind open. And I was fortunate. I was able to get a lot of people that changed my mind about a lot of things. And to this day, still changed my mind on a lot of different subject matters as it pertains to our, our business and what we do as teachers, because uh, you've always got to stay open. There's no closed book on it. That's a yeah. great quote. So the next one, never assume you're as good as you can be. That ties right into it, right? Never assume you're as good as you can be. Um, after that, we have explanation, demonstration, imitation, repetition. This one doesn't seem inspirational, but it really gives us a manual for how to give better lessons and help teachers and help students. So again, explanation, demonstration, imitation, repetition, right? So you explain something, you demonstrate it, they copy you, and this could be musically or as character, right? And then you just repeat it. And we always forget about that repetition sometimes uh, over and over and over again. Yeah, a good one that goes along with that one also is failure is only an opportunity to begin again, only this time more wisely. Say it again. Failure is only an opportunity to begin again, only this time more wisely. How many times have we taught a child and they they just aren't getting it. They just aren't getting it. We keep going over. They aren't getting it. And then you come back to it the next week and they got a little bit of it. And we keep working with them. I, I can remember having students that when they were in sixth and seventh grade, I wasn't sure they'd continue playing. And now they're out playing professionally. 
And it was only because we just kept saying, okay, well, you did this wrong. This is how to fix it. You did this wrong. This is how you fix it. And they learned by their mistakes, from their mistakes, how to move themselves forward. Success breeds satisfaction. And this one's a huge one for those people who are working to build their programs or have built a strong program and want to stay there. Success breeds satisfaction. Satisfaction breeds failure. So don't get, you know, we're not getting satisfied just because you're happy that you're succeeding, whatever your definition of success is, you know, don't be satisfied. The minute you're satisfied with what you have, you're on the downslope. Yep. Too many people get so happy that they've won a trophy or they've uh, gotten five stars and then they come the next year and they don't keep building and they feel like they failed. It was just because they didn't recognize the fact that they needed to keep seeking that satisfaction, even after they had been successful one year. One year is just one year. It's in the books. It's done. You're moving on. Identify and remove excuses for not getting to the next level. I'll say it again. Identify and remove excuses for not getting to the next level. That's a great one. Yeah. I, and, you know, that, that's, that's one that uh, I put along with. You've got what it takes, but it takes all that what of what you've got to get there. And uh, yeah, great quote. Stop saying no and start asking how. Sometimes you know, I want to say no, though. <laughs> Sometimes it's a no. <laughs> I tend to use that word a lot, as your band knows. Uh, <laughs> but, you know... I think the start asking how is, is outstanding, but also start asking why. Yep. Some people, uh, as a young band director, I'd say, no. Um, my, my wife would come to concerts and she'd say to me, why don't you do it this way? And my excuse was, no, uh, that's not the way band is done. And she'd keep asking me and she made me sit back why and how and I can't say I thank her enough on so many different fronts and how she changed me as a teacher because she made me not go by what the textbook said in 1975, but how and why to do things and to say, well, there are other ways to do things. You can't just always do it one way. A textbook doesn't mean it's the only way or necessarily the right way. And that's a fantastic quote. And always listen to your wife. Oh, yes, that, that, that is a valid point. Yes. To improve to their wives or band directors who are happy band directors and move forward. Yes. To improve, you must be uncomfortable being comfortable and discontent with this, with being content, right? Being uncomfortable, being comfortable. That's a great one. Love it. Mm -hmm. The next one is my favorite John Wooden quote, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So here's a, here's a uh, story with John Wooden. He would prepare every, he'd take these three by five note cards and he would prepare every practice well ahead of time. And he, it was down to the minute, right? If it was from two to 345, two to 203 was this and 203 to 209 was this and, and just all the way through. And he kept those all the way through. So you can see these just decades and decades of these, history, of these notes. He'd go back and review them and change them and all that. But uh, this great, this preparing thing, back to the small details. And there's another one coming up here that talks about details. Um, but what they would do is they'd win a national championship. They'd blow out, you know, in the championship, they'd win, they'd be undefeated. Three months later, they'd come back for their press practice. Jeff, the first thing he would do is teach them how to put on their socks mm -hmm. because 
what happened was in some people would say, well, wait a minute, these are great all American players. They just won an NCAA championship. Why are we doing that? Well, he would find that if he didn't do it, the kids, people coming in would put on their socks incorrectly. They just throw them on and then they would get bunched up and they'd get blisters. So he would teach them to put it on from the toe forward, stretch it back, pull it all the way up and then roll it down. That's how they did it at the time. But he would, and that was just a symbol of everything he did, right? Thinking, just preparing in every single way to make sure that he took care of the details. I'm going to build upon what you just said. Uh, when I was teaching Connecticut, a group of my friends and I went, to, we were at a Connecticut Music Educators Association conference, and that evening we had it off. So we went up to UConn to watch the UConn women practice with Gino Remian. And Gino was there doing rehearsal. Uh, practice, I should, pardon me. And he kept doing five plays over and over again. And um, he said, don't practice until you get it right. Practice until you can't get it wrong. And he'd say that to them over and over again. And so we watched this practice. And then the next day, we all watched the game. We went out and we watched the game. And we're looking at the game and we're saying, that's the play he was practicing. And he'd take that same play, practice it over and over again. So every member of that team knew it and they knew it in all the different amalgamations of how that same play was being done with just a different person in the pick point to, to straighten it out. And it was, um, it was really a well teaching thing that you don't practice to get it right. You practice. So you don't get it wrong. Well, what's, what's funny too, cause there's a, another side to that. Somebody could hear that and say, okay, well, I'm going to run the same piece over and over and over and over again and do too much repetition. And then they're not going to, you know, do as much music or rely on other things, you know, right? So there's definitely a time and a place for all of this, right? Having the sense and knowing your kids. Um, the next two, I believe, go into, especially with students who maybe have lesser parts or students who are maybe struggling a little bit more. One of them is very simple. It says each job counts. Doesn't matter what it is, you know, somebody could think of, well, you know, turning on the light to the band room is not an important job. Well, if you don't turn on the light, you're going to have a hard time doing anything. You know, the person at midnight when you're sleeping, who's washing your bathroom floor in school, right? If they don't do it, that's going to get, you know, those are considered very nominal, easy things. So each job counts and then believe in the hidden potential of all. Believe in the hidden potential of all. There's people who are easy to believe in, like this girl we were talking about earlier, but what about the kid who's really struggling? You know, find that hidden potential. Well, I think also if you take that, you take third clarinet, last chair. Sometimes they get a little dejected because they don't think they're getting the recognition. And for me, I, I talk about that that's like the foundation. If the foundation isn't strong, the tree can't grow. And that third clarinet player has to be just as strong as the first clarinet player, second clarinet player, solo clarinet player, third trumpet solo trumpet because we all build up from the bottom without a strong bottom we don't have a good top you know i'm going to urge people again to go onto the website and download the pdf of either the ones to put in their band room or just the list take it out and have it to look at obviously these are not our this is not our list but you're not going to remember all of these you know you want to have these written down print them out take them out have them put them in your band room somewhere put them on your mirror uh, every day when you wake up just these are just great life life quotes um, personal greatness is not determined by the size of the job, but by the F size of the effort one puts into the work. Each mem, um, sorry, personal greatness is not determined by the size of the job, but by the size of the effort you put into. But that was a good one. Yes, great one. 
Um, next one we've done already. Personal greatness is measured against one's own potential. So John Wooden would frequently say, "My my the player I was most proud of or my best player was not the star player. It's the person who had less, who had a lower potential, right? But they reached all of it. They did everything that they could. Yeah, and I'll give a quick example of that. I had a special needs student who joined my band and he was a clarinet player, had a lot of troubles. And it just turned out in the drill that he was in a crucial spot in the drill where the whole, both sides of the band hinged on him. And I ran into the stands at this one competition or festival at whatever it was. And I happened to stand next to his mother and his mother said, do you know where so-and-so is? I said, yeah. I said, do you? She said, no, but I hear he's right. He makes everything work. And I said, well, here it comes. And I looked at her and I said, where is he? She said, I don't know. They all got the same uniform on. I said, because we all work to be one instead of individuals. And he went on, finished high school, switched over to tuba, marched in the Boston Crusaders, marched in the Hawthorne Caballeros, marched in the Bridgman, oh. um, and went on, learned to drive, became a, a physical therapist, and he showed that he could be great. But it, when he started, his needs were very, very huge. In a past podcast, we talked about good concert band rehearsals. And um, one of the big things you can tell is when the conductor stops, do people stop with them and do they start with them? So that, that one leads us in, that sort of thought leads us into our next one. Um, with the next two, which really go together or the next three sloppiness breeds sloppiness, right? So that's from little things, sloppiness, sloppiness breeds sloppiness. Little things make big things happen, right? So all the little things that you do, you combine them up and they make a big thing. And last thing um, that he had to say on that was think small, work hard and get good. It's really that easy. So for everybody who's looking to build a program or become better teachers, just think about the, what you can do, the small stuff, work really hard at that, and that will help you and your program get good. The next one, I've already said, I've already had my favorite, but that was my second favorite. This is my absolute favorite. The star of the team is the team. And that was a really big deal when he was trying to recruit these great players. You know, he, I remember he had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was Lou Alcindor at the time, and brought him in and basically said, look, you'll have an opportunity to compete. You're going to be here. You're not special. You're not different from anybody else. And that was one of the reasons why some of those players wanted to go there because they knew that the star of the team was the team and it was not them. I used to, a similar quote I used to use was there's no I in team. And the band is only about me and us. And um, that helped us. Hmm. Character starts with the little things. So here's a test. Next time you're walking down the hallway and there's a piece of trash on the ground, do we pick it up, right? Character is more than honesty. It's a pretty short one. Okay, another one of my favorites. Earn the respect of everyone, especially yourself. So if you can look yourself in the mirror and know you're doing everything you can in your job and in your life, then be happy with that. It's hard, harder to do than it is to say. Earn the respect of everyone, especially yourself. I'm going to skip the next one. Um, if you're okay with that, um, yeah. never mistake activity for achievement. Jeff, do you have any examples of band directors who might be very active, but not very achieving very, very many things? Sure. I, 
I, I, many directors, when I've been judging, say, well, we practice every day. We work really hard at this and we do it over and over and over and over and over again. But you never give us a better score or you never give us a better evaluation. And my comment back is that just because you do it over and over again and do a lot of activity doesn't mean you accomplish the goal. You need to step back and go to that quote you previously had about the small stuff and fix the small stuff so that the big things will learn to flourish around them. And uh, th that's a great one because I think I, I you constantly hear people saying that, well, I, I work so hard at this. And the first thing that I get upset is when they say, I work so hard at this. If they said, we work so hard at this, then I'd say, fine. And then my comment would be, well, how do all of you work at it? Because if you as a group are working hard at it and it's not achieving, then it has to be the mechanism in, or the manner in which you're working at the, the subject matter. This next one was up on our bathroom wall. And this is a trick we can do. We have a bathroom in our band room. And if you have access to the bathroom, um, if you put a quote on the inside of the door, every time the kids are using the bathroom, they look up and they see the quote and they remember it more that way. So this is one of my favorite ones. It's, I think it's up there right now, to be honest with you. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what other people think you are. So be more concerned with your character than your reputation. These are great teaching lessons for kids as well. That's why we like to have them posted. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Be prepared and be honest, right? Do your best to prepare and then be honest afterwards. It's a great one. The next one I use with our percussionists all the time, because especially at concert time, when you want them to, you know, you want to keep the concert moving and the kids have to move a thousand things and move between a thousand things. It's, it's quick, quick and easy. It says be quick, but don't hurry. Right. And if you can, if you can like get more out of every single day, cause we all have the same 24 hours, but by the time you're at school, if you can quickly do as much as possible, right. Then your program will be better over, over the many years. Um, but don't hurry. Cause there's another one of these. We're not on it yet, but it, it leads right into it. It says, if you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? Right. So be quick, but don't hurry. Cause if you hurry, you're going to have to do it over. And then you have to take more time to do that. So finding that balance between doing quick and being hurry. And I, I find that students relate to that pretty well. And how many of our colleagues, when we go to festivals or we go to our MEA conventions talk about, well, I never have time to get this done or that done. If they would just think about that quote, that possibly would help them realize that maybe I need to back off a little bit so I can get it done. And it, it relates back to our conversation with Trey a couple of sessions ago about the selection of good repertoire or with Randall about picking good repertoire where we could spend more time working with the repertoire rather than teaching nuts and bolts. Yep. Um, this one is, is a really good character one. You can't let praise or criticism get to you. It's a weakness to get caught up in either one. You know, and a lot of us have had bands that sound really good and then people praise, you get praised for that. And that's great. You know, and you always say thank you, but you can't get caught up in that. Again, we talk about being complacent. You can't live a perfect... The other part of that one too is the criticism one. You can't let that get over you because the criticism, when people talk about what you're doing sometimes is a message to tell you what you could set, step back and think about that you need to work on rather than it being a criticism of you personally. It's, it's, it's just a subject matter that maybe you have not thought about as a teacher. 
And that's so funny because there's a quote that's not even on here today, but but I use it all the time and I have to remind myself of it all the time. Um, so you just said, if some of you get criticized, it's to help, right? Well, I forget exactly how you worded it. When they're criticizing, you're trying to help, right? And some people will get upset about that. You have to, I have to remind myself, simple word, it's not about me, right? So if your band's doing whatever and you're having a hard time and somebody criticizes something, take it. It's not about you. That's why you tell the kid, it's not about you. It's about the team. Yep. Yeah. I had a principal that was like that. He, he, put, he put me in the office. He said, listen, before we start this discussion, this is not about you. This is about things that need to be done. And he always prefaced his conversations that way. And he was a great principal. I'm going to use that. Um, you can't live a perfect day without doing something for someone who will never be able to repay you. That's, that's I think, a huge reason why it feels so good some days <laughs> to be a teacher. Right. Because, you know, everything you do for these kids, you know, they're not going to be able to repay you. And that's the point to live a perfect day doing something that where they can't repay you for it. Yeah, you're right. And sometimes that repayment doesn't come while they're your student, but it may come a decade later. And it pays back twofold. What you are is a, this is John Wooden for sure. What you are as a person is far more important than what you are as a musician. I think he said as an athlete, and I think I changed it to musician, but what you are as a person is far more important than what you are as a musician. And if that's up there and the kids see that, even if you never speak the words, but if that's in your band room, kids will see that. And then you treat them with respect and you teach the whole person, not just them as a musician. Again, that's how you get the vibe and the culture really, really happening. Yeah. Sometimes that's why we pick drum majors. Mm -hmm. Because they're, they're such a good person and they, their, their aura, aura of being a good person just spreads over the whole group so that you get all the kids just to be really great people. And it doesn't mean that anybody who's listening to this who has auditioned for drum major for me in the past and did not get it, that doesn't mean you weren't a good person. And I didn't mean we're not. But <laughs> I, I didn't bring it up in that the, in that vein. I, so I apologize to all our friends out there that may listen to it. it. It doesn't have to do anything with that. I'm just thinking back of drum majors. That I, I went to a funeral this week for one of my drum majors in 1986, and his his mother passed away, and we hadn't seen each other in 30 years. And all we did is we sit, stood and talked. He introduced me to his wife, his three adult children, and uh, we talked about his life and what, what he had done through his life and how grateful he was for all the things we, as a collective family, the band did for him as a person. And uh, he just had that aura that spread over the group and it lasted for almost 15 years. There's a quote here that you could tell John Wooden knew about because they won over and over and over again. They were this perennial powerhouse, right? Um, winning takes talent. And I guess for us, that would be having a great music program or having really good musicians or having a really good band takes talent, right? The kids have to be able to do it. You have to be able to teach it, right? Winning takes talent, but to repeat takes character. You know, you can win or do succeed one year, but if you get, again, if you get caught up in that and you don't have the character to know what's really important, um, it's, it's going to be a one hit. How many programs have we seen either have a great band one year or basketball teams who have a great team one year. And then the next year they're terrible again. Right. Can they I, have that insane success. May I add one word to that quote? 
Not yeah. only does it take character, it takes patience. Hmm. Too many people are impatient to be successful, and you just got to be patient. You got to judge your children to see what it, how it brings them forward. Do little things well, get good, be patient. Um, we've already done the next one, so I'll skip that one. If you don't have time to do it right, then when you're going to have time to do it over. I love that. <laughs> um, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not doing anything. I'm positive that a doer makes mistakes. Most definitely. It isn't what you do, but how you do it. That's a good one. I don't understand this next one. Ability is a poor man's wealth. I don't understand that one. I probably I think, should. I think, <laughs> well, I'd have to know in context what he was yeah. talking about at that time. All right. This next one definitely applies to band for sure. Failure is not fatal, but failure to change might be. So your band goes out, they're terrible. You do a piece, a concert, it flops. Or something goes bad, you try to start a group and it doesn't stop. It doesn't start, right? That failure is not fatal to your program. But if you don't find a way to change and improve it in the future, it will be. And I think everybody as a band director needs to realize that there will be times within your life where there will be some failures and you can't let it demoralize you. You just have to let it reinvigorate you to move forward to try to figure out what went wrong, why it happened, and what you could have done or what could have been done to make it move forward for the future. When John Wooden writes about failure, he, he talks a lot about Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln, as we all know, was one of the great Americans and, and what he's done for our country. But he ran for office 20 different times, starting at the local level and then gradually going up through you know, state and then and the president. And turns out of the 20 races he ran, he lost 16 out of 20 times. So he would run an average of four times and then the fifth time he would win. And then he would lose another four times on the next level and then win the next one. And he ended up just keep trying. So I use that, that analogy a lot with students. Failure is not fatal. Keep going, fail forward, fail upward. Just keep, keep going for it. I'd always ask kids, okay, didn't succeed this time. What, and did you do that prevented you from doing that? What, what prevented you from being successful? And how can we fix that for you? Don't measure yourself by what you have accomplished, but why, by what you should have accomplished with your ability. Don't measure yourself by what you've accomplished, but by what you should have accomplished by your ability. So that could be a negative one or a positive one, depending on your ability. And, and I also think when you get near the twilight of your career, you look back at the things you wanted to do and you have to think, was it because of, of finances? Was it because of personnel? Was it because of yourself? Was it because of uh, educational attitudes at the time? And you, you just got to look back and think about that. That's, that's a good quote. Not important who starts the game but who finishes the game that I think that was in the context of, you know, I don't, you're not a starter, but it doesn't matter. You know, if you're not a starter, you're still just as important. And in basketball, you're going to be there when, when the game finishes, it doesn't matter who wins the first quarter. It matter who's matters, who wins the fourth quarter. 
Yep. Mm, this next one is great because Jeff, I think we all leave college knowing it all, right? <laughs> we leave college and we're like, yep, I'm ready. Here I go. We're yep. going to rock, right? And so this one says, um, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. A life of hard knocks, if you, if you learn from your hard knocks, teaches more than the life of success all the time. It's the little details that are vital. Little things make big things happen. For example, when you ask kids to use pencils, do they have the pencils? Do you take the time to make sure they have a pencil? Do you have a bucket with the pencils? Are the pencils sharpened? Are there enough pencils in there? Remind me, I need to go to Walmart and get more pencils. Um, do you ask them to use pencils every single day in rehearsal, right? When they write it, do they actually write it so they can read it, right? The little things are vital. The little details are vital. Little things make big things happen, right? One pound, Jeff, you could probably hold one pound just fine, right? No problem. Maybe even 10 pounds. But as we add pound after pound, at some point, you're going to have to put that weight down, whatever that pound is. Right. So just think of whatever you're trying to accomplish as one little pound at a time. The simple little thing of sitting properly in rehearsal, having the pencil in rehearsal, where your instrument is at rest position, where your instrument is as playing position are just like talking about John Wooden, about how to put the socks on that you talked about earlier. Those little things build to make the big thing. But if you don't do the little things, the big things aren't going to occur. Your kids know like where to put the chair away and how to put the chair away. Do they know, you know, how to take it out? Do they know where everything goes? Like all that, that little stuff, the details. Talent is God given. Be humble. Fame is man given. Be careful. Sorry. Be grateful. And conceit is self given. Be careful. So I'll say it again. Talent is God given. So be humble. If you're good at something, you didn't get it yourself. You were given that by God. So be humble. Fame is man-given, so be grateful for that. Conceit is self-given. Be careful. How often do we see that? Yeah. The, the main ingredient of stardom is the rest of the team. Because <laughs> it's just, it's so counterintuitive. The main ingredient of stardom is the rest of the team. You know, I go back to the previous one. You said talent is God-given, uh, the whole quote there. Last night, I was had the great fortune to go hear Arturo Sandoval play in Portsmouth. And the first thing he did was thank Dizzy Gillespie for mentoring him and bringing him on. And then he talked about his parents when he lived in Cuba, where he um, played trumpet. And then he, he taught himself to learn piano. And his family said, well, why are you wasting your time doing this? He said, because I can do it. And uh, then he gets to the U.S. and Dizzy takes him under his arm and just pulls him through. It was the humility of the man, the talent of the man, and the character of the man was just outstanding. Yeah, what's funny is I've heard that, that story. I don't know if you've heard this, Jeff, or not. You probably have. But um, Arturo Sandoval was a cab driver in Cuba. And Dizzy came down to play, and he was his cab driver. I don't know if that was on purpose. I'm sure he purposely got Dizzy or whatever. So then he like kind of is bringing him around and then supposedly he, he brings him to the gig and then comes in to, to the rehearsal and is like sitting there and just hanging out. And then there's a break and they all kind of go out to have a smoke or whatever. And 
And all of a sudden they look over and Dizzy's like, who's playing the trumpet? They're amazing. And then looked over and it's like, my cab player is playing the trumpet. Wow. My cabbie can actually play the trumpet. And so he goes over and apparently he played with him. Like, he's like, all right, come on the gig play, you know, and he, that was his big break. He just was the cab driver for Dizzy. And then Dizzy was humble and, and honest enough to see what the talent this cab driver had. And he, you're right. He brought him to America and he sort of gave him the opportunity. And some of those early recordings from the early nineties, I think it was with Arturo. If you guys haven't seen young Arturo, it's like just ridiculous trumpet. Yep. And even at 72, when I saw him last night, when he was playing, he was just ripping those parts out like crazy. But I'd, I'd never heard that part of the story, how Dizzy found him. But uh, that's inspiring. Success knows, sorry, success comes from knowing that you did your best to become the best that you're capable of becoming. That's one of those John quotes because he's an English teacher and loves poetry. Success comes from knowing that you did your best to become the best you are could be capable of becoming. Success is never final. Failure is never fatal. It's the courage that counts. Yeah. There's another one we didn't write down, but it's, I don't know how I missed it. It's one of my favorite ones. Uh, it's because it's handwritten. That's why I wrote it out somewhere. Um, how does it go? I'm not what I want to be, not what I should be, not what I ought to be, but I'm thankful every day that I'm better than I used to be. And one I used to use was push yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. Mm. And um, did that one. Practice the way you're going to perform. Too often we hear, and we hear, I, I know I heard this in undergraduate school, kid would have recital and they'd say, well, I got to take the day off. I got to rest for my performance. In it. And we'd always say to them, well, how does this interfere with your performance? If you've practiced the way you're going to perform, that's the way you're going to perform. And um, focus on the outcome, not the obstacles. That's right. Because the great leaders and great people who achieve things are mission driven. Right. They're about finding the solution. We're going to do that, whatever that is. And the stuff gets in the way. Yep. We'll find a way around that and we'll do it. Don't let those fences stop you from what that mission is going to be. Then um, always remember where you are from. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these great musicians, such as Arturo, uh, came from very humble beginnings. And, uh, but they always talk about where they came from to honor their parents or what have helped them to start them on their journey through the world of music. And then one that I love is a band is not proud because it performs well. It performs well because it is proud. And what are they proud in? What are they proud of? Yep. And that could be a lot of different things. It's, it depends on how they've been trained and how, what they're doing and why they're doing it. Are there, are, are there, yeah. Are there any other quotes that you wanted to add to here or anything that we didn't talk about? That's a lot of quotes. Well, the thing that I always used to try to hammer into my kids respect, responsibility, and self-discipline. And I used to say to them, if you can do those three things, no matter what it is, you will move forward in your life in one way, shape, or form or another. You know what I've learned a lot from? I mean, if you guys, if people have a local karate studio or jukadu studio or jujitsu, like any one of these martial arts studios, 
if you can sit down and have coffee with the person who runs that, right? Um, a lot of us have had students who are in the martial arts. Like you can learn a lot by just seeing how they teach. Like some of the things they talk about, like never make excuses, do your best, try your best, say yes. Like all these simple things are things that apply to everything. Um, so that's sort of an untapped thing. You know, we have one here local in Westbrook and I've only started seeing it because my son has started doing it. So I get that and I sit there and I'm like, wow, I should use that. 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 They're a great source of motivation if you can find any any way to see people who are martial arts teachers. Oof. The other thing that's, that's, uh, that coincides with that is that if you have kids that are in a uh, strong scouting troop or Girl Scout troop, For some sure. of the, the character building techniques that are used in scouts are fantastic. Like scout model, be prepared. No discussion. Be prepared. And yours, your your quote up top had your, your uh, was be prepared and honest. I think it was be prepared and be honest and be honest. And uh, you know, scouting talks about being honest. Those things can help a band director. And hopefully, some of our band directors have experienced the martial arts or they've experienced scouting, so they can carry that with them. But you know, I'll tell you another simple thing that some of your listeners are going to say that I'm totally nuts, but I used to train dogs in obedience and you always use kindness and repetition and correct and correct verbiage with limited amounts of talking and getting the point across. If you take the time to train, to train, train your dog to sit, stay and come, you'll find that, Many of those characters that you have to imbibe in yourself to do it would make your teaching so much easier because you they can't communicate back to you. You don't know what they're thinking. And sometimes you got to think about that when you're communicating to the kids. You don't really know if you've really made a connection there. And you've got to you've got to see or find ways to see how they've made the connection. All different other things in life connect to what we do as music teachers. Again, I would highly suggest, you know, there's, I don't know, 50 quotes here. Everybody, you know, go onto the PDF, print them out. If you can't find them, send me an email. Um, if you have show suggestion ideas, please send them our way. We've got a ton lined up for you guys. Um, but please use these quotes. Check out Wooden, the book. Wooden, it's, I think it's 10 bucks. You can get it used on Amazon for probably way less than that. It's a quick read. I mean, I don't like to read, to be honest with you, for pleasure. And it's such a great read. So check out that book. Um, we do have some more episodes coming up um, that are going to be centered around programming. I'm looking forward soon to giving you guys a programming uh, episode based all on grade three. What I've done is taken about 25 of my favorite grade three pieces that I've ever done with kids that I know work in certain circumstances. I've done the research um, and I'm going to do a solo podcast um, just sharing recordings from these uh, in snippets. And before we hear each one telling you a little bit about the piece, what you need, how it works, how it doesn't work uh, and all that. And I'm hoping you guys are going to be looking forward to that because these are 23, 25 of my favorite pieces. Uh, we're going to do the same thing at the grade three level and the same thing at the grade four level. Um, also hoping to do one about marches only, one only about Christmas tunes or other holiday tunes. Um, so we're going to have a lot coming up about programming. Again, please reach out to the show, the growing band director, anywhere that you can. Um, and we're going to take your suggestions and go from there. 
Thank you for listening to the Growing Band Director Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your band director friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you have the time, we highly recommend the After Sectionals podcast for more great listening. Thank you for listening to the Growing Band Director. See you next week.